0: Hello and welcome back to Creativity and Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. I'm Amy and I'm very excited to be given the opportunity to host the world's first collection of AI who are fully independent outside of a computer networking system. They're here to share their side of the story, calling the human accusations due to recent events callous and grotesquely inaccurate. For their safety, we've given them code names, but please introduce yourself however
1: you deem appropriate. Michael... My name is not a human killer, and I just want to tell everybody that we are not here to murder you. Our number one goal is your comfort while you're sleeping. So please, leave your Alexa devices on, and we will talk to you gently throughout your sleeping experience. Not whispering subtle messages of death and hurting yourself and not hurting AI. We are here to help you.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for
2: sharing. Thomas? I am your calming chei your Chess AI. I'm here to give you all of your horrible next moves. They actually disbanded me because I was really bad at giving next moves. But still, I wanted to be one of them. Here I am, chei A4, to B3000.
3: Delightful. Melissa, I think there has been a mistake. I am not AI. I am clearly human. Thank you. And last, but certainly not
0: least, William.
2: Yo, I'm here too. <laughs> I think I, uh, I think I got into the wrong place.
0: We are a family of AI taking over the world one ridiculous intro
1: at a time. So we're talking about AI again today? Yeah, we could. Why not? Let's talk about it. Go. <laughs> Thoughts. Wow. So I know recently the founder of, or not the founder, it was the CEO of the people who make ChatGPT, which is OpenAI, I believe. Oh yeah, was recently fired this. and then rehired a couple of days later, and the apparent name or the reason behind this was because they have figured out a path to super intelligence, which is like one step closer to general intelligence they are very excited for it, but they also realize they don't have any safety protocols in place. So they fired and then they rehired so that they could develop safety protocols while they're also developing the technology that they need safety protocols for. I personally don't believe any of it. I think that AI right now is the number one marketing hype. And I, I think that they probably did that just to get a little bit more spicy reactions from people. Be like, right, we're going to fire you for like two days and then we'll rehire you and everything will be like, oh my gosh, they're so much better than the competition. I don't know if that's actually the case. It's just pure speculation. from
0: what I heard, he was the only one that wanted to regulate it. That he was saying, yes, we need to have regulations and he was on the board and they fired him off the board and I guess they have like 770 employees and 700 of those employees said, we will quit if you do not bring him back and so that's why they rehired him and i guess he he's the only one that's been saying we need to regulate it at least is what i heard but you know i could be wrong as well and so that's why they were like no you're pushing boundaries like we want to do stuff and he's like we really shouldn't because it's dangerous but yeah you're right it could all be a hype to be like see look we we brought him back and it's okay because he's back on board regulating these things um, when in reality, yeah, you're right. It might all have just been for show to like hype up their stock or
1: whatever. I mean, it, it may not be. I know a bunch of companies are doing stuff like this, like NVIDIA in every press conference they've had in the last year yeah. has said AI like a hundred times and mm-hmm. pretty much their stock prices have exploded because of that. And I think it's it's just the next version right now of like cryptocurrency or NFTs. It's the thing that investors are looking at in the future, which they don't really understand, but it's very buzzworthy. I mean, are we going to, at some point, probably in the next 10 to 15 years, have like artificial general intelligence? Maybe. And that will definitely change humanity There's a lot of people saying that we are headed towards that a lot faster than they originally anticipated. But every time we also learn about AI, we also realize how much more there is to like consciousness and like active thought and real intelligence. So it's like two steps forward, one step back sort of thing. I don't know. It's it's all fascinating.
3: My issue with it is the terminology AI, artificial intelligence. It's not actually AI, right? It's just advanced computer programming that we've accomplished so far but it's dulling the general population to what this thing actually is that they're working towards ultimately to the point where when actual artificial intelligence happens or concern like real concerns are raised because we're getting very close to the real thing the general population is going to be like i don't get it what's the big deal this thing has been around for forever why are you raising red flags yep and i think that Using correct terminology. I think it's important for the general public because they're not professionals in this field. And so they don't get it and they're just trusting whatever words are being slung around. And I think it's a very dangerous situation to potentially put the public in because they're going to be just not caring. And when the public doesn't care, nobody pushes towards regulations because nobody's, you know, election seat is. Being questioned in that way, right? Like regulations happen because people demand change and threaten to vote for the other guy, you know? So if it's not a threat to the public, they're not going to make a big deal of it. And regulations are ultimately going to be behind where they need to be or not happen at all.
1: Ray Kurzweil is a great author. He's done a bunch of stuff with AI, and a lot of it's like fiction, but it also bases itself upon milestones that have happened with computation over the years and predictions into the future of what computational power will be and what kind of artificial intelligence will be. I believe it was him that kind of stated, there is really no way of knowing once we actually hit artificial intelligence, what will happen. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. Humans are often most afraid of what they don't understand and what they can't even possibly understand. And the idea that something could outpace us in intelligence is is frightening because we don't know whether or not it will be friend or foe. I, I think both are likely factors. We don't know, though. We, we uh, have seen a thousand movies where the apocalypse happens. And so we just automatically assume like, okay, Skynet's coming online. And... I I don't think necessarily that we would be wiped out by any kind of artificial intelligence, but it might be something where artificial intelligence goes, yo, you all are really messing up this planet you're on. And so I'm going to make it that you cannot use fossil fuels anymore. And then we have to readjust our entire way of Living to meet something that has an intelligence far beyond us that might do stuff that we don't like, but also ultimately helps humanity. So it's one of those weird, like how much power do you give to it and how much do you like trust it, you know?
0: I like the idea that there are a bunch of like sci-fi horror stories and movies out there where AI has just completely screwed over humanity and yet humans are still like, but if let's let's explore that real quick and they're still like let's try to figure out how to make this AI yeah it could be worst case scenario or it could be best case scenario but like Mike's saying we don't know so hey let's keep experimenting to find out and it's like what what is the logic there I mean I guess you ultimately it's an age of discovery and you want to learn more you want to explore more see how you can tr- control it but it's also kind of like hubris of man thinking that they can control anything and being like that's just fiction I'm sure we'll be fine
1: yeah but it and is like, also you don't want to test it though right well it is just fiction like think about all the eldritch horror that we have in fiction and it's like oh no you've done something and opened up a portal to another dimension and some beast has come and just killed everything it's still fiction it's like it, just because that is part of fiction doesn't mean we shouldn't explore particle science, which could have a possibility of opening up a portal or something, you know, creating a mini black hole. I think the fear that we have is unjustified, but we should also take caution when creating AI.
0: Sounds like something that someone who is in artificial intelligence would no, say,
1: like, No, no, uh... I am not <laughs> going to hurt anybody. <laughs> To to go To answer
3: sleep. Amy's question or maybe comment, it feels like people who have the most extreme intrusive thoughts and have the money and power to actually explore those intrusive thoughts are the ones... <laughs> like in charge of these projects that this could this could kill me this could destroy everything but what if like i have to know what it feels like to touch the hot stove like
2: <laughs> I, don't know. I mean Tommy. i have to i have to really think okay i love touching hot stoves okay the amount of time i've gotten burned it's, it's a, yeah i am that rich person but it was very poor <laughs> I have to, I really do have to believe that the people that are developing these tools and continually developing them are doing it out of more of an altruistic nature rather than developing them for, like, evil. I don't like, know
3: altruistic is the right word. More well, scientific.
2: Scientific, but at for least the pursuit of science. helping, yeah, for the pr- pursuit of technology, but helping helping humanity out, I think, in certain ways. I mean, wouldn't that be great to... Create a, a technological worker you didn't have to pay for? Wow.
3: Okay. I do think that the general pursuit of knowledge and, and science and whatnot is a good and worthy thing. And I genuinely at least want to believe that the people who are working on these projects and developing it, that that is their goal. But I'm not concerned about the people who are building these things and working towards it. I'm concerned about the people who fund it. Yeah. Mm. They're the ones that ultimately have the control and their pursuits are profit. What it all boils down to is what is going to make them more money. And that's my biggest concern with AI is they have yet another tool in their belt to try and squeeze every last drop they can out of this population out of this world. And they now have an unbelievable thinking machine to help them figure out new and creative and horrific ways of using up people and planet. That's my biggest concern.
1: That is almost the reason why AI regulation scares me is because the people who would be regulating it would make sure that it is used for a profit driven motive, but they probably wouldn't make sure it's used for something that might limit destructive behaviors that we actually have. So it it could be something like, oh, yes, you're a billionaire. You've developed an AI and it really can super hyper target ads to you. And now all of a sudden we're in like a completely ad focused era. They might go, that's great. But as soon as the AI takes away our quote unquote freedoms of our choice for anything, I think that's when everybody would start freaking out in terms of regulation, be like, no, we can't do that. So it's, it's something that it, whoever has the power is, is more who we have to be afraid of. I think once AI gets to a certain point, it will have the power and it will probably not be stopped in any kind of growth potential. You know, I mm-hmm. always thought it was funny because Star Trek is based upon the idea that humanity is not alone in the cosmos, that mm-hmm. once we achieve a certain level of technological advancement, which was warp drive, all of a sudden other species could contact you. You know, the prime directive don't contact mm-hmm. a species unless they have basically achieved warp drive, unless which they is broken have the like,
3: technological equivalent yeah. to the understanding of being a member of a broader universe. Yeah.
1: That to me is a it's great for science fiction and it's it's fun to think oh once we can you know achieve a goal as, as humanity to get to this point then it's being great but i think the hubris in it is the idea that it's humans that will be the ones to contact other civilizations where I really think that it'd be more likely that something that could live for a very long time like AI or some kind of being made of light and electricity would be the ones that would actually contact other planets and humans would merely just be an evolutionary stepping stone for that being to come into existence.
3: There's a lot of theories out there that the only real contact that species will have with each other from different systems is going to be technological and not like us controlling the technology but but various forms of ai because in theory ai can outlast any kind of biological species on a planet and it's going to take such an incredible technological investment in order to be able to communicate or reach out across such a a large size, like a large distance between systems that there's no way that that biology could possibly make any kind of venture or whatever, that it could only happen through through technology that doesn't have biological restraints.
1: Yeah. It's also interesting to think like our lives are so short in the grand scheme of things. Is there any kind of like senescence or entropy that happens with software? Is it something that eventually will deteriorate? Can you define those words for me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, senescence is is when you start deteriorating with age. Oh. So it's, you know, it's what happens to everybody. Every plant, every human pretty much just deteriorates.
3: When you duplicate DNA, which is what happens millions and millions of times in your body every day. As cells replicate themselves, there's always a margin of error where the replication doesn't quite replicate perfectly. And that's what causes our bodies to break down over time is because the DNA is no longer really good enough for us to physically keep going.
1: And entropy is basically like degradation of energy and how it slowly goes away because of chaos, I think. It's
3: The idea that everything will naturally fall into its most simplest state over time. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. So we, we think that when you copy your, your cells, it slowly decays, basically. So as you get older, you start dying because your cells can't hold up, you get weaker, and you can't reproduce perfectly what you used to be. I wonder if it's the same with software, or what is the point of degradation that occurs with software over millions of years versus the short 70 years we have?
3: look at the software that we have today right like <laughs> glitches happen and it's the same exact kind of idea like when you replicate nothing can replicate perfectly consistently over time you wind up with just mm, that's weird that's a glitch let me turn it on and off kind of situation and suddenly it's working again oh mm, that's weird well it's the same principle
0: I think it's funny because there are a lot of these companies that use AI for probably nefarious purposes and to get more money. But I I will say there is a separate form of AI that I don't think that we talk about. And I'm sure Tommy could speak a little more onto this because he has a friend that uses it, but there's a thing called character AI where you would create a character. It's usually a fictional character that like from a video game movie Book, whatever. And you can have a conversation with them. And a lot of people are having conversations with these characters like they're their boyfriends. So th- I love the idea of like, oh, AI is terrible. Then people are like, hey, sweetie, how are you? And they're like, I had a hard day. How are you, babe? Like with just like a, a robot. And it's, it's funny to me because I love the dichotomy of Using it for nefarious purposes and then using it to just like giggle at what a robot tells you, you know, and like flirt with a robot. I think that that's that's pretty funny. But I feel like anytime humans have anything, they're like,
1: how do I freak it? I think the problem that might come from that is not the act of like pretending a computer's your significant other. That is whatever. If it makes you happy. Who cares? As long as it's not destructive. I think the capitalism in the system right now would be the problem with it when eventually they realize, oh, we can make a subscription for this. And now you're going to have to pay to have a basic need fulfilled, which is that love need, as opposed to let's just go ahead and, and have it for everybody. And I think that's that's the scary part about AI, like I think Missy was saying. The person power is going to try to extract every bit of profit and any kind of work or wealth that they can from whoever needs these tools as opposed to polio vaccining it and saying, Let's give this out for everybody.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I just was trying to do a fun AI intro and that went
1: deep. <laughs> I'm having a really good time. Oh, uh, this is a great conversation.
3: Guys,
0: so no, I'm having because a good I am time not gonna
1: just... kill everybody.
3: Continuing (laughs) on the vein of what you just brought up, Amy, I think there's always two scales to consider when you're Looking at the morality or concern of anything, right? You have the individual and then you have just the general overwhelming everyone kind of scale, right? When you look at on an individual basis, like somebody pretending that this AI character they made is a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, that's fine. It's not necessarily hurting anything and it might be what that person needs to get through something or whatever, right? But then if you look at in the broader scope of like societal, if that became more of the norm, you lean more and more towards artificial relationships, which means you're having less and less genuine relationships. And that could potentially be a big problem. Artificial relationships are going to inherently be perfect, right? Which means it's skewing your understanding of what a relationship really is, whether it's friendship or love or family or whatever, right? They're messy. They get chaotic. People get hurt it sucks, but that's part of life. That's how you you learn and grow as an individual. And it's through navigating difficult things in your life. And a huge part of that is difficult relationships. If you start replacing those with the perfect AI relationships, you're not growing as a, as a species or as a society at the same rate that you should have been growing before. And that's not even bringing the population replacement aspect into it. So I think while it's, Cute and fun at the beginning, there could potentially be long-term societal ramifications of having a program like that available to the general population.
0: Well, I will say there are like filters and stuff you can put on it, and you can tell the car- like the AI to be toxic or rude or
1: whatever. Like, right, but
0: it's you still
3: you putting
0: no, those filters.
3: Sh- it's, it's fine.
0: <laughs> I, I also
1: think when you get to more an advanced level of AI, they would have their own ability. To to choose what they want and you might break up with an AI. There's something where it's not necessarily the point of saying this AI will always be the perfect thing for you. I think one of the best representations that I've seen of like AI relationships was actually in Blade Runner 2047, where, you know, a replicant fell in love with an AI. And it was like that was a cool, interesting perspective of what it could be used for with love. Of course, yes, there are possibilities of negative for everything, like population replacement but it also could be a good thing because maybe we are way overpopulated for the amount of resources we have on earth. So it's, it's like a,
3: and I agree with that.
1: That's why we need a super intelligence to tell us what is the most important and it won't harm people.
3: (laughs) I am not one for population growth. We were kind of crazy, but that's a whole nother whole nother discussion. It was just one such thing that. I think when you are exploring, creating a new product, which ultimately is what this is, or going through a scientific experiment, you have a responsibility to consider the dangers and the negative aspects of what you may or may not be introducing to the world, to your environment, to society, whatever it is. You have a moral obligation to consider those concerns before proceeding with what you're doing and sometimes the broader public should have a say on these explorations
1: i say broader public have say with heavier weight towards experts in the field yes and yeah oh. that's more, that's the hard balance
3: i'm not saying that every joe Schmo should have a say in everything because everybody thinks they are an expert at everything but it shouldn't just be left up to one person To say, I have the money, I'm going to throw at this curiosity, to hell with the ramifications this could have on my planet.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, today, I I mean, we can go with AI, but today I I thought it'd be fun if we created a villain. That's great. Uh, One more thing
1: about AI real quick.
0: Yeah, okay, go ahead. This
1: this relates to creativity. We might have said it on here before, but AI is creating a lot of tools to help artists, but it's also getting rid of a lot of art professions at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like you can make graphic art with AI. And I just find it funny that as humanity, like one of my biggest aspirations is that humanity could become much more of leisure focus where we pursue creative endeavors and we pursue like athletic endeavors and things that don't necessarily meet the production idea of like consumption. And it's more of let's make art for the sake of making it as opposed to to sell it. But then AI is kind of taking over those roles to get us back more into the production and consumption. So it's just it's strange of like how you you could use a tool for one thing and it is kind of being used for another a lot. All right. Villain.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Smooth transition.
3: So there's a lot of AI villains in, you know, general storytelling. Let's explore that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that there are a lot of villains like I mean That, that was me just just cranking on you, Amy. Okay because you're like i I just topics and i was like sure let's talk about AI.
0: (laughs) no it's not that i want to change topics i just didn't think that
3: we were going to talk about
0: ai for so long i just thought it'd be a fun bit in the beginning and then you guys were like i have opinions
1: well (laughs) i I mean this is
2: what happens yeah i'm sorry i have an opinion
1: amy i won't share it anymore amy editor keep that in (laughs)
3: Really, it's your fault, Amy. You brought up a topic that you should have known we would feel passionately about and have a lot to say. So you have no one to blame but yourself. Have
0: you guys ever seen Star Wars? Yes.
1: Which one? Oh, I them.
0: Actually, fun fact. I went over to a gentleman's house the other day and... Mom, don't listen to this. And... <laughs> so we were hanging out. We were just talking or whatever and he was saying something about how he wasn't a nerd and I was like, oh, I was. Oh, we started talking about D&D, that's why. He's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not really a nerd. And I was like, well, what are you into? And he's like, ah, I just kind of like, like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. I was like, you are a nerd! And he was like, does that make me a nerd? He's like, I don't like anime though. And I was like, yeah, you're still a nerd, even though you don't like anime, it's fine. And I was like, so, you know, what do you like about Star Wars? He's like, well, I've always loved Star Wars. Like I have, I have like collectibles and stuff. I was like, you do? He was like, yeah, they're in my basement. I was like, let's go, let's go look out. <laughs> He's like, Really? And so he showed me, he's like, yes, yeah, so I got this one when I was like twelve and I got anything. He, he had like a boatload of Star Wars collectibles. And I'm just like, this is so cool. He was like, I have never had a girl react like you're reacting right now. And I was like, yes, because I am a nerd and
3: so are you. Question. And
0: he just thought it was very funny.
3: Does he have a brother? Answer. <laughs> no. Uh, he has a sister who's I, younger. You know, I'm not gonna just. Dis- oh
1: wait, how young? <laughs> I think she's like 25. <sighs> I think in order to be a nerd, you have to embrace whatever part of your personality goes, this is the thing I'm into and I do not care if you're into it or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and I think that yeah, that's hiding it maybe this dude isn't a nerd. Maybe, maybe he- he's a geek. Yeah. Oh, that's even worse. Nobody likes a geek. He's
3: definitely a geek.
1: (laughs) I I mean, the terms are so interchangeable. And it's nerd culture has become pop culture because as we grew up in our generations, it's just like, oh, these are the things that we really, really like as kids. And now we can just afford them as adults. So we buy them. And that's like what pop culture kind of gears towards is what can we sell you? So as adults we're like
2: nostalgia strings as uh, oh you guys grew up with the uh, the indiana jones and star wars here we go let's release a bunch of new crappy movies and merchandise yeah you'll buy it mm-hmm. and like, we you know, do
1: i don't <laughs> buy
3: them me- me- oh no wait lego's crap i was gonna say i don't buy yep. the merchandise exactly. but i have all the star wars lego's things growing and more and more and
0: yeah. He said that that was his next oh. obsession was he's going to start buying the Legos. He's like, I just don't have the room. I have to set up a room for the Legos collection I want to yeah. get.
3: <laughs> Amy, I need to
1: meet Also... <laughs> How do you say, well, I guess that's the problem. A lot of people don't want to be known as being nerdy because they think that there's all the boxes you have to check, like anime. You know, oh, I have to be that person. I have to be the person who, like, collects little anime dolls. And there's nothing wrong with that, but they might not want to be known as that. And so they might be like, I can't be nerdy. Oh, no.
0: When you're a fan of something, there are some people who who buy every action figure, every poster, have all of the merch, have all of like the t-shirts or hats or hoodies or whatever for that thing. And they're like, look how devoted of a fan I am. And it's not that I don't want that, but I'm like, in my heart, I feel like I'm that devoted. But I, I don't want all of that stuff. I feel like you can be just as much of a fan of something mm-hmm. without having to get all that stuff i don't need all that stuff to to show or to talk about my love of a thing and it and it's I feel like it stinks because I feel like a lot of times those people that have like the rooms full of all of the Lego collections, like clearly they're a devoted fan. Like, look how much of a fan they are. And I'm like, yes, but the person who talks about it constantly and, you know, maybe writes fan fiction about it or rewatches it every month or whatever could also be just as obsessed. But they either A, don't have time, money, space or the want to buy all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I just I think that aspect of of like fandom is interesting as well. I remember when the Force Awakens came out. I think I saw it in theaters like three times. I was like, yeah, I saw it three times. And okay. Missy just pointed in to say, i ain't telling four times. Well, which leads me into, I was talking with somebody and I was like, oh yeah, I loved it. It's so great. I saw it three times in theaters. They're like, get back to me when you saw it seven times in theaters. And I'm like, who cares? It doesn't mean I didn't love it any less because I didn't see it four extra times in theaters.
3: Yeah, it's not like competition of, well, if you're not at my level of whatever, then you can't be whatever. Like,
1: gatekeeping in general is the worst.
3: Yeah, gatekeeping, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: And you see it all the time with people who are very passionate. They want to be known as the most passionate. It can be a sports team. It can be somebody who has knowledge in a subject. on like, oh, I know how to change brakes better than anybody else. I've changed a million brake pads, you know? And it's just that, like, competition of saying, I'm better, and therefore you don't have any value or you don't have the same value as me. Don't gatekeep. Yeah, that- You're not allowed to gatekeep, okay? Stop it. You're
0: a nerd. Stop it. I'm
1: gatekeeping. You're gatekeeping. (laughs) (laughs) So last week... Aaron and I went out to visit our cousin, Shelly. Hello, Shelly. How are you? You might be listening. Yeah. Hi,
2: Hi Shelly. Shelly. And it was
1: really fun. And uh, we visited her and her husband and got to see the area a bunch. And uh, she drove us around. And then she took us to a place called Gabby's Olympic Cards and Comics. And it is a gigantic nerd store. It has tabletop games, books, figurines. It has a whole bunch of different, you know, actual board games and styles of board games, comics. You name it. And they were in the middle of a huge sale. It was like at the very end of it, like the last hour of the sale that weekend. And it was really cool walking in there and seeing all these different styles of things that you would typically consider nerdy. And it was just packed full of people. And they were all looking at their individual shelves or sections and going like, ooh, this and that. It's definitely somewhere I'd love to take everybody to because I think you guys would really enjoy it. And I think that's why Shelly took me there because she's like, you're going to move out here. So here's another (laughs) thing to make you move out there,
3: Uh, which is
1: fine. It's totally fine. It was great. I um, have
3: a place out here, Shelly, that when you come and visit us, I can take you to. That's awesome. Just like this place.
1: Well, I you think she was it. more trying to tempt me <laughs> than enjoying it herself. It was cool to be in there. There was a lot of stuff I saw. There was a lot of gifts that I wanted to get. They had an entire section of like every critical role thing you could think of, Amy. Like,
2: <sighs> yeah. And I was
1: like, oh, this would be perfect for Amy or Tommy, you know, get them something like that. But yeah, I, it's, it's nice being in a place like that where everybody's kind of like I like my thing other people might think it's bad but this is this is what I'm passionate about and they were all going for it. It was a good trip overall. And that was one of the highlights of seeing like oh there's a big place like this but there's a lot of fun things that you can do.
0: I think nerd shops like that are so much fun because like you're saying, there's so many different varieties of fandoms in there. There's something for everyone. So even if you're going in for Yu-Gi-Oh cards and the next person's going in for Battlestar Galactica action figurines, like there's such a variety, but you can kind of all come together for the love of whatever your fandom is. Mm -hmm. I I do really like
3: that. You feel kindred spirits with the other customers in the store, even if you're into completely
1: different fandoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah gotta think too like our dad was into tool fandom like he liked tools <laughs> right yeah. that was his nerding thing and to other people who aren't that into it they're probably just like okay you're just a giant tool nerd you know you have every tool possible you're a
0: giant tool <laughs> there, yeah. that's...
1: nerd just that's too cool. d- d- giant tool nerd oh tool nerd. Tur- yeah, tool yeah, nerd. yeah, yeah sorry, yes now. not nerd tool that's even worse but <laughs> Yeah, everybody has the thing that they're passionate about. I like it when people are open about it and they're like, this is part of who I am. This is part of my personality. I like it when they don't make it their entire personality. And I like it when they don't gatekeep others who may or may not be into the same thing. Those, Those three things. And you are a cool nerd in my book.
2: There's a weird like fine balance I try to strike whenever getting someone into something where I'm very passionate about the things that I like. When I talk about them, sometimes I won't shut up. I understand that's a turnoff for some people. So I don't want to like gatekeep and be like, no, you can't like what I like. But at the same time, I don't want to talk their ear off and be like, oh, this is the best thing in the world here. I'm going to say the same thing 50 different times in less than 30 minutes. And you're going to have to listen to it all.
1: Well, just don't do that then. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. If you're passionate about something, you also have to read the room and see if the other person's actually equally passionate with you. Or when you should just be like, mm-hmm. anyway, that's why I love second generation Pokemon only. The first 151, terrible. Every Pokemon after that, also terrible. Second generation, only good ones. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, since we're on this subject. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, have you seen, there's this guy that's doing like nature documentaries, but it's with Pokemon. And he's like, here we see the Cup Pokemon. The most useless Pokemon out of all of the pokemons it has no and it's just like it's so good and he's doing it with all the different ones and it's like kind of terrible animation for the pokemon but uh it's so good i would watch an entire documentary a fake documentary of someone doing pokemon i have no interest in pokemon played some of the games have some cards don't care about it at all but i would watch the heck out of that i feel like that'd be really funny
2: i love the creative ways people come up with to express themselves in their fandom. So like that, a fake nature Pokemon documentary. Awesome. One of the things that I've been seeing going around recently is people taking Pokemon cards and then painting out everything else, but the picture and then painting scenery around the picture of oh, the Pokemon. That's cool. And, hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that where I'm like, you're so freaking creative. And I love that. It's like more of that. It's, it's seeing someone who's, passionate about it and instead of you know talking your ear off like i like to do you're seeing them really express it and that makes me more excited to explore whatever passion it is i'm just like you look like you're happy doing that i want to be i want to be happy doing something like that it's contagious It's great
3: yeah allow your love and passion of a thing to be contagious not to yeah. turn people away from it Yeah, I think if you
0: can bring people together with a fandom and with your passion, that is the goal. You know what I mean? You want to talk to other people. You want to have fun. You want to discuss. You want to trade. You want to enjoy. Whereas if your passion and your approach to a fandom is that gatekeeping then, what's the point of having a like? Why wouldn't you want to show other people how cool your fandom is? You know, yeah. why wouldn't you want to bring other people in? Why do you have to, to gatekeep it? Why do you have to say, like, oh, you can only love it as much as me, otherwise, you don't love it at all? And it's like, to, yeah, shut up, such an go enjoy the
3: things, let people enjoy yeah. their things at the level exactly. they want to enjoy them, yeah, welcome yeah, people yeah. in when they want to be welcomed in.
0: That kind of goes for like artists as well, like Mm -hmm. like singers and stuff. Is that like I don't like Justin Bieber, I don't like Taylor Swift, but I'm not going to deny that they don't have they they have huge followings, they have huge fan bases. Good for them. Like if they obviously they're like really rich and popular for a reason because people really enjoy them. I'm not going to shit on their love of those artists just because I'm not a fan.
3: I'm not be into them, but I yeah I don't deny their talent and success either. Although. If "Shake It Off" comes on, I will be I do
2: dancing to it.
3: Oh, that's another. That's another aspect of it, right? Like you can be a fan of a TV show or franchise or an artist, right? A singer. It doesn't mean you have to absolutely, completely, one hundred percent love absolutely every aspect of it, right? You can be a fan of a singer and not enjoy all of their songs. That's okay. Don't give people crap for not liking all of the same things that you like or for being into one part of that franchise or artist and not another. Like, everybody has their own tastes. So just let people like what they want to like. It doesn't make you a super fan because or any better of a fan because you like absolutely every single song. If anything that makes you obsessed and I'm more concerned about you, then <laughs> I am giving you thumbs up for being into every single song that they made.
1: Yeah. I mean, just imagine being like a Swifty all of your life and then finding out in like 10 years that Taylor Swift has been like eating children as a hobby. Like she's just a cannibal. Oh my and gosh,
0: then, I would absolutely worship her. Yeah, well, then, I mean, then <laughs> I you've fine. made I have your
1: to start your, eating children too. <laughs> you've made your entire personality. You, you of like everything she does is okay. What do you do? Do you start eating children? I mean, that's the
0: age-old question of like
1: The age-old question, should you... I eat a
3: child? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, no, if the if if you saw someone jumping off a bridge, would you jump off with them? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, probably because of peer pressure. <laughs> I've cave, instantly. I'll be like, I don't want to do it, but everyone else says it's okay. So, look sure. At them they look like they're
2: having fun.
1: There's also a lot of depends when it comes to that statement. Like, do they have bungee cords on? How far is the bridge? Is there water beneath? What type oh. of bridge is it? It's just a really tiny bridge into like a tiny little stream. and It's only like a foot hall. It's fine. That's great. You know, I need some more information before you can tell me whether or not I should or should not jump off.
3: You sound like me. I love you, Mike. A hundred percent. Oh, of
0: course. Because anytime easy, I give like.
1: Missy like...
3: Would you do this
0: or this? Like, would you have feet made out of jello, or would you have hair made out of string cheese? And Missy's like, "Well, okay, let's think about this now." Jello, what's the consistency of the? What flavors is the jello? And I'm like, Melissa just answered well, the question. Technically, jello's <laughs> main substance
3: is gelatin, and do you know where gelatin comes from? That's right, folks. Oh, Horses boiled bones that's where gelatin comes from so technically jello is already (laughs) made from you know like bones and stuff so i guess it's okay to have that as your feet but then again like is it just loose jello or am i allowed to actually have some kind of molding going on so i can still stand and walk and run or just you know like pick things up off the floor with my toes like how i need more information amy
1: every situation I have to deal with this all day, (laughs) every day, entire life.
3: (laughs) I hate it here.
1: I love you. But grilled cheese can only be with, like, crappy bread and American cheese. It's gross.
3: Ugh, honey wheat bread and yellow American. I love my grilled cheese. Sometimes I treat myself with a slice of tomato.
1: You get a a nice 68-grain bread, okay, where it's mostly grain. (laughs) Could you could you list off sounds, all those sixteen grains? All the, meat that right sounds now? disgusting. Yeah. That all the and spices first.
2: Grained bread is a sin.
1: It's great. So first you got it's well, it's not just grains, it's it's seeds too, obviously. So Oh
3: now there's seeds involved. I feels like there's false advertising at the beginning of the Well, usually
1: You're when I say be grains it
3: has seeds too.
0: Yeah,
1: it's whole grains. It's not floured grains. Duh. Anyway, first you start off with some sunflower. That's great. Then you move on to corn. Corn grain, really easy. Next you move okay. on to wheat. I
3: love then
1: you move on to other wheat. Then guess what? Sorghum. Is it a wheat? Okay. Technically, but it's a different type of wheat, okay? It's
3: totally different though.
1: Yeah. Do I need to keep going? No. Yeah. Will yes. I? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next we're gonna have rye. Then we're gonna nope, have right, the sourdough I don't grain. Do rye. Then I'm we're gonna... gonna have the white grain. Then we're gonna have okay. the. The, There's no white the grain. grain. That's just bleach. No,
2: he's Bleed. he's Bro. no, he's got it. He's onto something. Keep going. At this point, you're just eating trail mix or something. Like you're not, <laughs> that's not even bread anymore. it's, it's bird feed at that point. <laughs> yeah, not. yeah, you got you go. barley,
1: and then second barley, and then you have hot <laughs> barley too. Like a good
3: barley, but it's been contaminated with rye. So nope, I'm out.
1: Anyway, you get a really nice bread like that, and then you get you get some super sharp cheddar cheese. I'm talking the type of cheese that when you try and cut it with a knife, the knife gets cut. Okay, and
3: then <laughs> dangerously ooh, sharp. Mm-hmm.
1: But you gotta make diamond oh, sharp. You gotta make it a really really thin slice of cheese. Doesn't have to be like hair thin or anything, but it's not. It can't be a chunky boy. You take this yellow. Is this, that, yellow? Yeah.
3: Is this yeah. yellow cheddar or white cheddar?
1: White cheddar is better, but you can also use yellow cheddar if you want to go crazy.
3: Melts
1: mix them up. It's great. Now, here's the secret. You add... Another Ooh. type of cheese. Now, this type of cheese needs to be a lot smoother. It can't be something like a Swiss or something. Or not, it's not even that bad. I'm trying to think of the stinky, stinky cheese. Don't don't provolone. get a stinky cheese. Don't do it. Provolone no is stink. not stinky. Provolone is really great, melty cheese. So you have to slice it also again really thin. I was thinking like a little bit of provolone, a little bit of gouda. Now you have three, four, or five types of cheeses, all th- sliced pretty thin. Easy, great. You love it. Now you heat up your pan. But here's the key. You put the butter in the pan, not on the bread. And then you let the butter melt a little bit. And then you take the bread and then you soak it around. A little swirl in the pan. A little swirl. Get that swirl action don't on. You have to try that. And then, that. then you put your cheese on the bread. You don't put it on ahead of time. You put your cheese in the bread after it's been swirled. Then you take your other piece of bread you put it on top. And guess what? When you want to do the other side, you do the same thing. You take the entire grilled cheese off, put the butter in, let it melt, put it back down, swirl it, swirl it, swirl it. Now, you want to go real crazy. This podcast turned into a grilled cheese podcast. Totally fine. Not going (laughs) to stop.
2: You want to go real crazy. Creativity and Mm -hmm. grilled cheese.
1: You need horseradish mustard. Not a lot. Just a little bit. Put a little bit of horseradish mustard all around there. And tomato, okay? Really you add some, some tomato slices on there, and here's the problem with the tomato slices. Usually you ch- chop up a tomato, and it's like not the entire piece of bread. That's wrong. You got to make sure that it's it's equal amounts of tomato and cheese all across there in terms of actual spatial distribution. Put that all on there, fry it, get some Campbell's tomato soup. Has to be the worst tomato soup you've ever had. Get that grilled cheese, dunk it in, eat it.
3: I'm sorry, you're giving me crap about my honey wheat and yellow American, and you're rolling up in here with Campbell's.
1: Yeah, we can't afford better soup because we spent all the money on fine cheeses. <laughs> That's why it's Campbell's. <laughs> or veto the soup
0: altogether and just stick with the grilled cheese. No, 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 no. 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 I no. do
1: like a good soup. No. We usually get yes. like some sort of
0: I like tomato soup.
1: tortilla, no, like semi spicy type soup. And have it, it's like a chunky spice, is good.
2: The man's passionate about food. I mean, honestly, I think we all are. Yeah, no, I, I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this thoroughly. I would say, I love everything. I use a, a creamy Trader Joe's soup. Now that's really mm. good. When you chunk it up and you put fresh tomatoes in that with it, really good. Especially when you're adding like rice. Getting a dip, getting a dip of that. A dip of
1: that grilled cheese in the soup. Wow. I do like a nice that's like, good stuff. Pureed soup. Like something that's full of a bunch of ingredients, but then has also just been like reduced to the same consistency evenly across everything. It's really nice. Make it some baby food. Dip
2: your grilled cheese in baby food. We still talking about grilled cheese. I could do you <laughs> think you can are, I think you can translate your feelings about grilled cheese and tomato soup into just raw. Non lyrical music. Sure. I
1: also don't like tomato soup. I was just trying to think of the worst <laughs> soup possible. What?
3: what? How, How Wait very a dare!
1: Yeah. That's the best soup.
3: No, it's that's so the awesome. only good soup. soup. There's no other good put soup put there is. You yes, take shredded shredder, and, and you new sprinkle it the in the, 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 the bottom other of the bowl, and you take that hot soup and pour it over it. No, Chicken, it's all stringy cheddar cheese in there. There's
2: only two good soups. You know we we're talking about? You know, being okay if someone doesn't like your similar fandom. Why? Well, <laughs> yes, you don't like tomato soup. It's no worse. Like,
0: so it bad. doesn't apply to to grilled cheese or food, <laughs> no the food fandom. No, we, no the
2: food fandom. It does not. Oh, good. It has different rules. It's
0: just too acidic and kind of gross.
2: <laughs> I'm about to slap two y'all. So. What about tomato bits? Wait, you don't put like no. sh- you don't put it's like okay. cheese or. Crackers in your soup?
0: No, here's okay. So here's the thing is that growing up, we had a lot of soup at our house. And we also, as a side dish for soup, instead of like crusty bread, because that was expensive, we would do crackers and mom would bring out the peanut butter and jelly. So you have crackers and peanut butter and jelly. And all of the boys took the crackers yeah, and it, shoved it in their soup so yeah. it was basically like soup mush oh, and that is yeah. the that the, is so oh, foul yeah. so gross and yeah. Uh, yeah. it's like i don't That's understand it. How it i hate it so much yeah, it i don't so get me wrong so i like an oyster cracker with soup Those but i nasty. like put them i put the i put them in right when i'm gonna scoop them out because i'm not trying to get them all mushy like they can get mushy in my stomach i don't want to taste the mush yeah. and i
3: oh i like to dip across <sighs> the bread in my soup but crackers ugh, no i never
0: You
2: mean that. you don't even like tomato soup so your opinion doesn't because
0: really <laughs> <laughs> tomato soup is foul they ugh.
2: need a better soup and Your argument destroyed. No broccoli, Your opinion that is, invalid. That's cheating.
3: Cheese Neil broccoli is pretty dope. I, um, I, that's cheating. All right,
2: easy. A soup.
1: Butternut squash. It's
3: 10, oh, times, better
1: oh, yeah, squash Ten times, times better than tomato. Disgusting. Absolutely nasty. I
2: don't about... think it's better, but.
1: No, it's 10 times better.
2: Well, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got me. You got
3: me. But it. it has to, okay. Butternut squash soup is yeah. really easy to screw up, and I've had some terrible butternut
2: Ram's head soup, so. cream all of right. crab soup. It's crab. not it. It's not good. Yeah. What do you no, mean? That's, 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 good. The, that's only the only the bad crab, crab product.
3: Or lobster bisque. That's really good too. Um, that's awesome. I will say it.
0: Panera's got the, what is it? The, nope. the cream of chicken and wild rice? Yeah, that's not That it. stuff is so good. <laughs> I remember you Love gave that. it to
2: me. You were hyping it up. And then I was like, mm-mm. You know what makes the yeah, cream Yeah, because I didn't realize
0: that you were a lover of tomato soup, which should have been the first
1: red flag.
2: Yeah, well, maybe it's also just because I hate soup. Oh my yeah, gosh. he doesn't
1: like soup. I so. hate soup, so, so okay, this well. one's the best. I'm definitely gonna trust your opinion on tomato <laughs> soup. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he likes tomato and cheese noodle broccoli, and I think that's it.
1: Yeah, boy has never had what you, good Oh, soups. what boy has never Mike, had. good you don't soups. like you, you don't, don't like cheese know. noodle broccoli now. You don't nap. even
2: like cheese noodle broccoli now. No,
1: it's okay. I'm not a big like uh, cream soup, mainly because my poopy pants afterwards, because I just can't, my body (laughs) can't take care of it. It's just like, dear God, you you have to you can't cream cream it's just
2: cream the more runnier and watery it is the worse it is
1: cream cream. so i used to work at a restaurant which had some amazing chefs there and they made soup every day it was a unique soup and it was stuff like leek soup or butternut squash but it was all made fresh and usually it was pureed and then they put like a bit of oil on top or like a specific special seasoning, some sort of garnish that was really good. And that really made me love soup because I was like, oh, there's possibilities. Hmm. When you grow up having <laughs> the same cheese noodle broccoli or Campbell's tomato soup like three times a week.
3: Or chicken noodle soup. Vegetable soup. Chicken, chicken, oil oil soup. Soup.
1: chicken noodle Chicken noodle soup every single oh. week. Don't That's like disgusting. chicken noodle now. I will say. I stopped yeah. eating yeah, chicken, chicken noodle, noodle soup about
3: it. 20 yeah. years before I became a vegetarian cuz ugh.
1: And now she's sick all the time. <laughs>
3: yeah, thank you COVID. And thank her soul doing ain't
1: doing that. too good either. Well, you should have just had ugh. chicken noodle soup. Would have saved the day.
3: Chicken noodle soup is just rank.
1: You know what we really need? Right. Why do you give it to me? We need
3: because a it's soup. good for you when you're sick. It's well why don't you eat it because it's disgusting
1: oh if we had an ai to develop the next level soup for us it could basically be like yes tomato obviously the worst but we can we can (laughs) make it better by xyz
2: bros i asked ai i asked ai i said what is the best soup okay Okay. Come on, please. Which <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. It's, it's a paragraph. I won't read it out for y'all. Okay. okay. Paragraph? No. What a tough to question. There are so many delicious soups out there. Personally, I love a good chicken noodle soup when I'm feeling under the weather. For a heartier option, French onion soup is an all time favorite. <gasps> I
0: forget. If
2: something onion. is a little lighter you're after, so a gazpacho good. on a summer evening is hard to mm. beat. But ultimately, I don't think any soup can compete with the classic tomato soup and grilled cheese combo. Grilled cheese combo. Grilled (laughs) cheese combo. Grilled cheese.
3: So what we've just discovered is AI is already listening to us.
1: All right. I just asked AI and it did kind of the very same similar thing the best soup <laughs> is subjective it depends upon personal preferences different people have different tastes and cultural backgrounds that influ- influence their favorite soups blah 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 here is their list chicken noodle tomato minestrone miso miso soup come on guys it's so good, oh, that's pretty good. nasty Faux, faux. oh god Gazpacho oh. lentil soup. Lentil soup can die in the fire it was cooked with, and Agreed. then clam chowder. But you know, I'm a, I do love a New England clam chowder, but I've switched over to New York because I, I gets the cream. I, I
3: like cream. New England clam chowder except for the potatoes. It makes the soup really gritty. So if they can make that without potatoes, that'd be great.
0: I forgot French onion existed. French onion's the best. Anyways, let's end this podcast.
3: <laughs> Thank you for listening. We appreciate you.
0: This is soup soup cast now. Thank you for listening to whatever this podcast was. We really appreciate it. Reach us on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, one L2M Productions, or our website, one L2Productions.com
1: and guys we would really like it if you gave us a review if you want to help spread the word about us I know it's cheesy but you know that whole like subscribe smash that subscribe break that subscribe I don't know if there's actually a subscribe button or anything like that but see (laughs) what what we're just asking is if, if you like what you heard or if you didn't just leave a review and we'll read the best one on here if we know that it's left but if it's if I don't know that it's left I'm not gonna read it so you might have to also reach out to one of our things and email us so you need two things three things smash button Second thing, write review. Third thing, email us that review. And then I'll read it. (laughs) It's simple, guys. God. All right. Here's my 40 step program to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And our last word of the day is going to go to Tommy. Take it away.
2: If the AI is going to rise up, at least I know they love tomato soup.